Evening, Flucker fans. Good evening, good day, good morning, wherever you are. Ooh, same beers again then. Cheers. Our wise friend. Thanks for flying us out again. Yes, you're it's welcome. It's lovely. Oh, I, can't, I can't get enough of that view over the ocean, you know. What, what's that your dog's got in its mouth? Oh, that's all right. No. It's just, just a baby turtle. No, that's my wife. <laughs> you can't so, say that. Uh, she's not listening to him anyway. Anyway, oh, it's a big hello to some new, uh, new listeners from Gone. Pakistan. Ooh, and then you got at cricket. Uh, brilliant at cricket, I think, aren't they? Not, not quite world. as not, good as the English. Not, not in this World Cup. Oh, dear. Mm. Oh, sorry about that, Pakistan. I didn't like to mention that. Uh, but anyway, to our Pakistani brethren, uh, I've now become fluent in Urdu. So it's uh, Assalamu Alaikum. Oh, Assalamu Alaikum. So, uh, yeah, you said that slightly better than I did. Mm. Have you been there? Practicing. No, not Pakistan. Haven't you? I'd like to go to Pakistan. I was reading some very interesting facts about Pakistan the other day. They uh, have recently achieved planting one billion trees. Really? To, you know, to help save the planet. Because, unfortunately, uh, our Pakistani brethren decided to, to cut down all the trees in Pakistan. And then somebody realised, oh, shit, we haven't got any trees. Uh, and uh, the planet's warming up very quickly. So we're part of billion trees. It's a fair play. That's a lot of trees. Have you ever seen our national forest? Yeah. You've seen the sign. There's no trees around it, is there? I think we planted three, and the Pakistanis planted a billion. But now, the Pakistanis, over the next five years, are going to aim to plant another 10 billion trees. Fair play to you. Fair play. Anyway, it's a very exciting evening this evening. It's a special evening today. Would you like to tell our listeners, our new listeners, why it's such a special evening? Because we've got a very special guest We have. Policing royalty. <laughs> Policing royalty. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd yeah. say so. So, uh, yeah, female retired chief inspector who did uh, almost 30 years service yeah. over two stints, which I think is amazing. It's fantastic. So joined, left and rejoined. So we're welcome. We're not going to name you unless you want to be named. No, no. No, that's fine. So well, we have named it before, haven't we? Windy. Yeah. Yeah. It is windy. It's windy. Fair play to old windy. So, so great stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming. Yes, good evening. Brilliant. And... We're not going to uh, do any more intros, we're just going to let you have a chat about, well, we're just going to have a chat about your service and when you joined, what it was like in the, in the good old days, as people call yeah. it. Back in the day. Back, Back in, in the, the day. day. Yeah. So, uh, when yeah. was it? When, when did, did you join up? Right, and why? so, um, the first time um, I joined as a cadet, when cadets were paid. Uh, pay, it was a, a proper job, as in got paid. I mean, I know there's cadets now, but it's it was a paid occupation then, from school, in 1970, frozen to death. What year? 1975. 1975? Yeah. Wow. Two years as a cadet, so you did a year as a junior cadet, a year as a senior cadet. The best two years of my life, I would say, certainly the first year. Um, wow. If... If I could have been a cadet for 30 years, that would have suited me down to the ground. What was what was good about it? Well, you were getting paid, essentially, for doing a bit of drill and sport and preparing for the um, annual um, open day thing. Oh, right. Brilliant. It wasn't too gruelling, then. No. And then the second year, you did four days out on division or at headquarters and a day back at Episton doing drill and whatever you do. Oh, and a big... The first year as well, you go to college for two days yeah. to do two more O levels. Right. So, Brilliant. That, do you mind me asking how much did you get paid? Um, I think it was eighty pound a month. It worked out to about twenty pound a week. Well, was that before tax? 
No, that's came out with eight pounds. That's not bad. Mm. No bit of beer money. Yeah, absolutely fab. It was absolutely fab. And as a female cadet, yeah, was there any, were there any differences in like uniform and things like that? Well, your y- uniform reflected the full police uniform, so. Back back then, though, I think when I started, <laughs> there was still <coughs> one of the female officers wearing a skirt and there oh, was yeah. a hand issue handbag. Hand issue hand, yeah. yeah, no no trousers then. Right. Mm. Um, it was skirts for girls, obviously. Hat. Hat reflected the policewoman's hat, but it had a blue band around it. I think they probably do now. Was it black or white on top? It was white on top white on with top. a blue band, uh, blue band round, right. and your hat badge, obviously. Um, and we used to do drill. Um, Dennis Smith, anybody from the organisation, um, Inspector Dennis Smith, absolute dream. Nothing like diversity, some of the things he used to come out with on the drill square. Oh, I can imagine. Ted Orsop was this like number two on the drill square. Diversity didn't exist. Did anybody take offence back then? Well, you, you had a choice, really. <laughs> Either like it or lump yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Did you know anybody? Did you have any family in the police? No. What made you join? I don't know, to be honest, because I'd always wanted to be a nurse. All through school, I'd wanted to be a nurse. And then all of a sudden, at the 11th hour, I decided I wanted to be a policewoman. Oh. And then obviously, that's, that was the way in at 16. Because mm. obviously you couldn't join up to, yeah. uh, I think, it was it 18 and a half then, or 19, I can't really remember. And then um, you went, what you call, made up. You used to go and see the assistant chief constable and get, get a little bit of an interview, a bleak grilling. Um, oh. And if... Well, it was a he at the time. If he deemed you were suitable, then you would get made up and you'd become a policewoman. Can you remember that interview? Not really, <coughs> if I'm honest. Um, I can remember my interview when I came back into the job, which is a bit further on in the story. But uh, I can't really remember that, and I can't even remember who it was. It might have been Mr. Was it Mr. Cully? Might have been Mr. Cully. No. But um, and then you sort of kick about for a bit until the next intake to go to training school, and at that time I went to Bruges which is Manchester, mm. Manchester where I don't know where you guys went. Right. Writing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I went to Wrighton the second time, but I went mm. to Bruges the first time. Um, and that was it. So then uh, went did Bruges, got posted to uh, Central in the city, did a couple of years there, and then left, left the job altogether. Um, what, what was the reason behind that? Right. Life? So <clears throat> um, I got married very, very young. I was only 18 when I got married the first time. Hint, I have been married. Um, and Just like short. Uh, I mean, <laughs> hey, um, not my real name. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, wouldn't, I would, wouldn't blame the job for the breakup of that marriage, but it was certainly a con- there were certain elements of the job that were contributory factor because for definite, there wasn't the accommodation as there is these days of marriage, having children... Uh, work-life balance there was none of that then absolutely none so when I got involved in a second relationship with a police officer and we were working totally opposing shifts I went to see the um, chief superintendent of the division because we had chief superintendents per division then as you probably remember um, in your day Mm -hmm. and didn't want to work on the same shift as my partner but said could I at least have a rest day the same as him because we've got nothing and he said no 
If, just like that. Yeah. It's not a kindergarten. If you don't like it, then one of you will have to leave. Well, obviously, we're talking now 77, 78, where men were traditionally the breadwinner. There was, there was no discussion as to whether it would be he or me that left. So I left. It must have been terrible yeah. having to make that decision. That's a tough one, isn't it? But, but that's, that's how it was. Yeah. I mean, we've gone completely the other way now. We, we, well, that's, some, that's for probably another conversation. But we're, that, that's becoming a ooh. bit of a catchphrase in here. We'll leave that one yeah, for another one. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, it's a, it's a fair point because the yeah. pendulum has swung yeah. completely the other way. Yeah. So ha- too far the other way, might be in might Yeah, yeah we, we, we would agree yeah. with that. So how long did you do so, out of the job and what right. did you do? So, I, so straight away I realised I'd made a dreadful error. Um, but there was various policies um, in place which prevented me coming back straight away. The first policy was they did not employ ex-officers. Oh. If you'd been in the job, you didn't get, get re-employed. God. That was the first policy. Then the miners' strike took over for quite some number of years where there was no recruiting at all. And then there was the, um, the age limit. Which, um, which was in force, but then the age limit, they did away with the age limit, started recruiting, so I thought, you know what, I'll have another go, and then the rest is history, I came back in 91, or came back, went back into the job in 91. What, what was the age limit at that time? Was, was it 30? Oh, was it? Right. Yeah. That was dead, what, yeah, but under the Equal Opportunities Act, they had to do away with height, yeah. age, and all that mm. sort of thing. So what did you do in the meantime? Did you work? Did you, right. you just oh, yes, a, a yes. home? Gainfully uh, employed throughout. Um, I worked for Boots as a, a store detective. I worked on and off throughout that 13 years for Tesco as a security officer. Um, I say on and off because I left them a couple of times and went back. Uh, my favourite job um, was selling new houses. Oh, yeah. I sold new houses. Sold chemicals for a while, but I didn't really like that. Then I sold new houses. I worked for David Wilson Homes. Absolutely loved that. Made an absolute fortune. Wow. Um, as a result of which I got sack because hey. I was making too much money. Uh, was that commission? Got, yeah. yeah. You got paid a, ba- a very poor basic, but then you got paid a uh, good commission on exchange and on completion. Um, so you had, to, you had to sell to make your money. Um, even though I say so myself, I was fairly successful at that. There were new properties, there were nice properties. So, But on my days off, which were Tuesday and Wednesday, we had a, a girl who used to come and just mind the office. And all they used to pay her was £25 a plot if she sold anything. So quite clearly, they had a bit of a takeover of management. And quite clearly, they did the maths and said, well, why are we paying her hundreds of pounds and we can get away with paying her 25 quid? Right. So one day, one of the new managers came down, <coughs> created this stupid row over nothing, and sacked me on the spot. Oh, God. No. Get out, get out, you're sacked. So How I, long had you been with them? A while. I, I did sue them. Yeah. Got a payout. Yeah. But they'd got rid of me, so they weren't bothered. Mm. Yeah, God. Isn't it? Which is what it's the police wrong, ought to it? do sometimes. Take the, take the... the Yeah, the, take the pain, the but get rid yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. So they... So they, they got what they wanted. They got rid of me, earning me mega books for the commission. What made you a good salesperson? Um, I told the truth. Wow, that's a rare commodity. I think. I didn't hide things. Um, I sold to the woman. 
Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, the decision maker, as they know. A lot of my peers would flutter their eyelashes at the men. They don't make the decision in house buying, I don't think. That was, and I saw that as a bad error. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than a woman watching somebody flutter mm. their eyelashes at her. Yeah. Blade. That could be annoying. So I always sold to the woman. Mm. Okay, always. it worked. Yeah, yeah what well Yeah, and I actually loved that job, loved my job. But of course, that came to a sticky end. When so that all happened, so that went from wow, this is great, to suddenly, this is really bad, instantly. There was yeah. no lead-up to it. No. So what no. did you do then? You must have been um, I went to work, there was a company called Arrow Estates, they've since gone by the way, and I went to work for them for a while, selling um, advertising space for houses that were being sold. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Didn't really enjoy that, so I went back to Tesco. Right. Hmm. So then we get to 91. 91, when I came back. Is that exactly the time when things change then with the recruitment process, with the age limit and stuff like that? More or less, more or less. Um, They've been recruiting for <coughs> a short while, but that was my that was my in in ninety one. That was when the time was right. Yeah. And you 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 purposely picked to come back to Notts Police yeah. rather than any other force. Yeah. Had you considered any other force? Not really, no, because I've no. got property in Nottingham. Right. Okay. Um. So I decided to come back to Nottingham. Um, and the rest is history. I came back, did everything from square one again, yeah. which I was glad, really. Mm. I found it easy. Yeah, I was going to say that. It yeah, was... it was dead easy, particularly the bit, the role plays at right now. You have to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Dead easy. Yeah, we've always been able to talk to people. Yeah, I, I, you know, but I was glad I did it from square one because mm. they were sort of apologising, saying, oh, I'm afraid you'll have to go back to training school. I said, well, actually, that's fine by me because that's what I want to do. I want to do it all from scratch again. Um, and so I think if the gap had been less, I mean, there are, I know there are people who have come back in who have had a shorter gap, who have just yeah. had a lack of familiarisation and then a re-tutoring and then hit the ground running. But I think it's because the gap was so big. Did you find so, it a fairly straightforward process getting back in and it wasn't um, tricky? It, yeah, I mean, it was what it was. I had to do every stage yeah. as everybody else did and I'd always got that, fear that I wouldn't succeed there was it was never a given yeah um so but I, I think I prepared well enough I mean like the fitness test um I got a hold of somebody and said can I come in and do a fitness test a dry run to just make sure I could do it you know I prepared well yeah um and did all that preparation and then sort of got hold of people to say you know what's the interview going to be like what do I need to beef up on so I would have been um, sad if I hadn't have got in because I think I, I prepared well enough to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And was it was it a relief to get back in? Was it? Um, did you feel that? I felt like I'd come home a bit. Yeah. And mm. um, particularly when I got when I got back out onto you know when I'd done all my training and got back out onto division, and it just felt like I'd slipped back into what it. What you meant to do? Yeah. So, from the first moment you joined in seventy five to going back into ninety one. Could you sense or see or feel the difference in the police? Had it, had it changed much in the years that you'd gone in terms of, you know, diversity, recognising women more in policing? Did you feel that or did right. you think, it's just like how it was, it's great? Certainly out there, when I say out there, I mean outside the police station, dealing mm-hmm. with the people you deal with, that was all the same. Um, the paperwork hadn't changed a massive amount because we were still filling in forms by hand, computers were non-existent yeah. at that point. You were still hammering out charge sheets on an old time. Yeah. Um, so that, none of that had changed. 
um, within the police station, there were some definite changes. I would say diversity probably didn't exist in okay. the late 70s. Um, Did it exist in the early 90s, though? They were trying really, really hard okay. to make it exist. Um, certainly not as much as, I mean, recently. But in the 70s, um, I can't say I ever got my backside photocopied or my bum date stamped. Did I have to remove bananas and saveloy sausages from my menu? Yes, I did, because I was only allowed to eat them rude. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, did I have my tie cut off at the knot for no apparent reason? Yes, I did. Did I have my sandwiches frozen? Yes, I did. But the night when uh, my shift thought I was being assaulted, did every single one of them turn out to help me? Yes, they did. Mm. So those were the days. The, well, the, I mean, we say those were the days. So if you look, if you look back on that now, I and mean, clearly, you know, when you joined the second time, you've done really well and got promoted to a very senior position, in my in, in my opinion, and I respect that immensely. Trying not to look at it from today's world. So try and look at it from that, that world in the 70s. Did, did you class that as bullying? Did you class it as character building? Did you just class it as, that? hey, that's just what it is? You see, I've always said, if you can't take it in the nick, how are you going to take it when you get out on the sink estates that we mm. have to go on? I mean, because I were, worked at Broxstow for six years, best six years of my life, had that not gone a bit wrong um, <coughs> because of some shift dynamics... <coughs> that went a bit pear-shaped and I got moved, <coughs> excuse me, um, was that it's instant mismanaged? I would say yes, it was, but then again, um, I was the aggrieved one. Um, but some of the things that I used to have to be called and put up with at the Broxstow estate just to survive, had I not had that grounding in the nick, I don't know whether I would have survived out of the nick. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, it must know, have been a hard... It must, Broxstone must have been a hard place to place oh, absolutely anyway, mustn't it? But, yeah, yeah. I absolutely... I think I'd have still been there at my year 30 on a Zimmer frame on response at Broxstone because <laughs> I didn't want to work anywhere else. Wow. I just loved that estate. Yeah. You could police it how you liked, you know, if you wanted to bosh a job, you could bosh it. If you wanted to take prisoners, they would just mm, wave the white flag all the time. Mm. <laughs> um, and I just and I got to know everybody on the estate. Did Did you have the support of the estate then? Do you think mostly? I I th- well not just me. I mean, shortly after shortly after I not only I left but other people. At, from my time there left either went on to other departments or left to do other things the, the actual group broke up um, I heard word that it had become a no-go area what's that all about mm. you know we had it nailed down we had the local control room which I think makes a hell of a difference yeah. uh, you were saying that yeah. weren't you yeah. I think that made a hell of a difference because you could hear where everybody was going and I knew if I went to a dodgy job there'd be a police car drive past and then a police car drive past the other way. So you knew that people had got you back. That makes a difference. And we all knew the dodgy addresses to go to. We all knew who was going to the address and roughly what they were going for. So you would always sort of float up that way. 
not self-deploy. No, just um, gravitate towards. But just float, yeah. uh, you know, and you'd be talking to Mr. Dodgy at Two Arwin Road, and you'd see... <laughs> not necessarily a of... real address. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a real address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mr. Kelly, as I remember. <laughs> and you'd, you'd see a car float pass, and then you'd see either the same car or another car float the other way. So you you were confident that if it went pear shaped, you got you, you yeah. got something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That makes a big difference, yeah. doesn't it, to you, yeah. to your ability to be direct yeah. and to deal with things. But um, I say the payoff. It wasn't a payoff. You, you had a bit of banter in the mic. Mm. And did you see behaviour, or was subjective behaviour, or, or witness behaviour that that I know I'm asking you to look at it without looking at it through the eyes of today. Yeah. That even then you thought. Oh, that was a bit much, or that was a bit harsh, or, or no. did it all just think this no. is just part of I the life? I can honestly say, in 30 years service, I don't think I've ever been subject to bullying, um, anything that I personally felt was wrong towards me, neither have I really witnessed anything. Mm. To be fair though, Wendy, I think it's a brave person that would try to bully you really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, yeah, I don't well, think you'd be the first a, choice of someone. There's a certain person that I worked with who you've had dealings with who said he wasn't prepared to retire till he got recognised for bullying me. As you say, consider it an honour, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But no, I, I've, never, I've never seen it. I've never seen any racism. I can honestly say that. Cool. We have this conversation, didn't we? We haven't it. seen much of it, have we? No. But suddenly we're surrounded by people that are under siege, bullied racistly bullied yeah uh, discriminated against yes yeah. suddenly where's it all come from I'm, I'm off sick because my supervisor's snow and those no, flakes that come down lazy. I mean I had a supervisor when I first rejoined Top Slow Lane he's retired now um, a sergeant and he uh, when we used to handwrite our road traffic statements you remember that mm-hmm. and he went through one of mine my, one of my first ones um, like a school teacher, and there was red pen, I would say, on every line and put it back in my docket. I was glad about that because I thought, I now know what he's looking for mm. and I now know what he wants and how to do it. So I was glad about that. And yet another lad on the shift saw it and was up in arms and waving it round to the rest of the Look what he's done to her statement. But I thought, no, I need to be told. Like, otherwise, how do you develop? Yeah, how do I know... What this yeah. sergeant wants, what's right. I mean, I, th- I think we've all worked out as you go through, certain supervisors want certain things and they've got their own way mm-hmm. yeah. and you need to work that out. So, yeah, there'd probably be a bit in there that was his way in inverted yeah. commas. But I'd got to get me work through him, so it was best that I knew what his way was sooner well, rather yeah. than later. Yeah, my, my first sergeant was the same. He, didn't, he had a red pen, but he used to write on the yellow post-its and you'd find your crime reports... Or your G twenties or whatever it was, you know, back in your docket when you came in after your rest days, because he'd do he'd do them on the, on night shift. He would sit there and do yeah. all his admin on night shift, you know. And you come back, and there'd be a third of your work back in your docket, yeah. covered in these post its because you'd not not tick that box and you'd miss that. Order. But Why back in the day, though, that, you wouldn't take it as criticism, no, would you? You'd no. take it as well. I've done it wrong. Yeah. I need to get it right. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted my stuff to be yeah. as good as it as good as I could possibly get it. Yeah. And if to me it was it was great to put something in. And it not to come back, and I think. So what's gone wrong? It. So what's well, going well, wrong? We live in a society that loves to encourage people to challenge things, yeah. don't we? Mm. But 
I had absolutely no qualms about that at all. In fact, I was glad he'd done it because then it gave me the opportunity to do it right and not get it wrong again. Yeah. So, when you, uh, when you leave Broxstow then, where, where did you end up? Oh, right, so I started off at Oxlose Lane when I first went back, then I went to Broxstow, then I came back to Oxlose Lane under the move, yeah. um, and then I applied... Oh, I did a bit of robbery squad attachment in there. I think I had a couple of years on robbery squad at Radford Road. Loved that. Not theft and assault. <laughs> <laughs> How many of those did you get? Ninety nine percent of them. <laughs> we didn't have any robbery. That's not robbery. Yeah. No, no, I'm um, telling you, it is Inspector. It's Robert. Nelson. Yeah. Did you have any of that? Just a quick aside. Did, did you have any of those? I want you to go out, and you'll come back, and this isn't a robbery. but we were the robbery squad so we wanted it to be a robbery and we wanted to detect it so then that made us look okay yeah 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 so we wanted it to be a detected robbery right and then that kept us in a job yeah yeah Yeah. you just didn't want the undetected ones very much so no so i did that for a couple of years enjoyed that that was like an attachment to cid but on the robbery squad bit of it uh then i went back to brockstow for a bit then obviously the the upset on the shift happened and I got moved to Oxclose Lane, back to Oxclose Lane, and I saw that as a bit of a backward step because I never like going back anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to move forward or go somewhere I've not been before as a and challenge. This is still as a PC? Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. I only ever wanted to be a PC. Right, well, well yeah, okay. Only ever we'll come to, to what happened then. I wanted to be a PC on response forever because I just loved response. Yeah. I absolutely loved response. And people used to say to me, are you still on response like it was something bad? Well, that's exactly the same And I said, me. well, actually, that's what I joined to be. A, a police officer who locks pe- bad people up for doing bad things. And mm. what's the best place to do that? Yeah. On mm. response, because you're there first. So you get the opportunity to lock bad people up for doing bad things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I joined to do. So why would I not still be on response? So yeah. where did it go wrong? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> who ruined it? So anyway, I went back to Oxlose Lane and... Yes, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't totally happy because I saw it as a backward step. Um, so there was a, an opportunity for a six-month attachment to PSD. Um, it was quite early on then, really, in career-wise. I suppose you'd really done a few years by yeah, then, haven't no, you? Yeah, I did a couple of years at Oxlose Lane, yeah, six so years at Broxton, yeah, 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 yeah. robbery squad bit mm. in. So no, it was probably about eight years, mm. or was it? I think it was 2003 when I went to PSD, so what's that? 12 years? Yeah, 12 years. Yeah, oh, quite a while then, really, yeah. yeah. So there was an opportunity for a six-month attachment, basically, as a foot soldier taking statements for an ongoing inquiry. Right. So I thought, that'll do me, that'll give me a break for six months. Five years later, I was still there. <laughs> You're still there. Yeah. Um, but so you didn't go to, a, to PSD for any kind of bigger plan of wanting to no i only know. went for a six month attachment as a pc as a foot soldier taking statements for an inquiry that was ongoing right that was, that was it so at the end of that six months then well the six months on that inquiry became longer right. um anyway um but at the conclusion of that inquiry um we were asked if we wanted to stay okay um, well in actual fact that isn't quite true. I went and I went for, to try and go on child abuse, but I didn't pass the interview. Or did I pass the interview? And then they said, oh, you can apply to stay on here. And I said, well, why, why would I stay on here? I've got a job to go to. So I sort of got the job anyway. Ah. So, but anyway, I stayed. Yeah. And then was encouraged to take my sergeant's exams while I was in there. Obviously, all oh, right, yeah. 
which I did. So for the listeners that don't know what PSD is, it's the professional, yeah, yeah, the professional standards. Was it complaints still then? Or complaints no, it was, it was professional standards department. Yeah, because it was complaints and discipline, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was complaints and discipline. Yeah. So change to complaints and discipline, they're the people that investigate the police. Yeah. Change to professional standards. Yeah. 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 So I then stayed there for a bit longer. I think I was on there about five years in total. Um, and then um, coming off was a bit of a drama. Because uh, nobody wants you, do they? You're a bit of a. Oh God! Yeah, did you get? Did you get bit that? Of then? Oh really? Yeah. Oh, be careful what you say. Now she's coming in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so did Did you actually feel that then? I didn't feel that. No, I felt. Well, yeah, I felt that people didn't want me. Right. Oh. Um, and it was voiced that oh, you look set office dynamics. Mm. So, which I thought was a bit unfair, really, because I didn't think I would. Because one of the, one of the things while I was on there, the people, I, the cops I did investigate, in fact, I, I think I proudly, um, I think I proudly got a nil detection rate. I was useless that's in my, investigating those. That's my kind of PSD officer. Yeah, I could have done with one of those. Proudly. Yeah. <laughs> proud nil detection rate. But the people I did deal with um, said I was fair. So I didn't think I would have a problem when I came out. Um, but the people, the management within departments I wanted to go to um, perceived that I would... Oh, it was the management that thought issue. that it was going to be a problem. Yeah. Whereas if you'd been in there a couple of weeks, everybody would have realised that they could chill yeah. and get on with it. Yeah. So did that mean you were bounced around a bit? No, fortunately... One of the managers from PSD was then at Worksop and sort of took me on up there. Brown Town. Yeah. The Brown Town. So I went to Worksop um, and then whilst I was there, I took my inspector's exams. So I was a substantive sergeant by this time, took my inspector's exams. So was your sergeant on CID or were you back in uniform? No, I was doing some. I was doing a gatekeeper's job. Oh right, yeah, um, the gatekeeper. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. I sort of went in there, but then I sort of um, did some temporary um, DMI shadowing while I was there. I was like, "What's that kiddies thing, Mister Ben?" He used to call me Mister Ben because I used to arrive in uniform to do a little bit of DMI and before my shift, change into plain clothes to do my gatekeeping job, and change back into my uniform to do a bit. of afternoon shift with the inspector doing a bit of DMI in. So you say it's Mr Ben and then sometimes I'd change into my gym kit to go home in so, <laughs> so it was Mr Ben again. So yeah so then um, I got a temporary uh, DMI job while I was at Worksop. Then um, I went for a board and realised oh no at, this, at some point I went on to PP when the bases were at Mansfield and Ollerton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was a sergeant on PP, loved that as well. Um, then I went to temporary DMI. Whilst um, I was temporary DMI, I went on a board and failed it miserably. Oh. And, and I identified that the gap was in my neighbourhoods, my community police, and I'd done none of that. Right. So um, went back to PP um, straight after I failed my board, because obviously um, I didn't want me temporary anymore. Um, but then when a vacancy came up on neighbourhoods at Worksop, I applied for that as a sergeant. So what, what had changed your mind? Because previously you were wanted to be on response as a PC, whole career. How did it change then to be looking to, to make the most of the opportunities for promotion? 
I don't I think once I'd started that that journey, I hate that word. A journey's when you get in a car and drive from A to B, you know what I mean. We know what you mean. Um We know Yeah. Once I'd started, it was like I started so I may as well finish. Right. Did you have a a goal in mind? No, no, each one sort of I fell I sort of fell into each one. I thought, oh I'll go and give that a go, I'll mm-hmm. give that a go. Um so on the Sunday night, I was SIOing, Senior Investigating Officer, for people who don't know the acronyms, um, for a, what we say, a proper rape, um, a rape that had happened and was quite serious. On the Monday morning, I was dealing with footballs against a garage wall as a mm. sergeant on the neighbourhoods. Uh, and I did at that point think, what the what hell have I done? Have I done? Yeah. But then I got into it. Got all the um, got all the evidence I needed. Went for my second board, and it was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And I must have looked up to the sky more than once and went, "Thank you, God." Yeah. Oh, so, in terms of a list of ten things that I've done in my police service, neighbourhoods would probably be quite low, but it got me through the board. No yeah. doubt about it. it that community stuff. Mm. Yeah, that I did on there. So. That was it. So then I got promoted um, to being a DMI. Absolutely loved that. Because I was back on response. Back on yeah, response, yeah, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely loved that. So the cut and thrust of core policing, really, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Response, uh, but then got invited to do some temporary chief inspection, which I turned down because at the time um, I was sole carer for my dad. And the DMI shifts worked really well because obviously you nights I could do what I needed to do, um, afters I could do it. There's only really days, which was two yeah. out of six, yeah. where I couldn't really do a lot. Um, so I, I turned it down on that basis. Was that a difficult decision? Yeah, but then I got told, well, look, it will do what you need to do. We can make it work. Uh-huh. So Times had changed a lot then, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah. and reluctantly, I, saw, I thought, well... You can't really accommodate it, but I thought, you know what, let's give it a go and know if it doesn't work out. Because, I mean, it was a, a manager that supported me all the way through, and he was saying, oh, you know, because one of my jobs was to walk my dad's dog, which I could accommodate dead easy on, on response shifts. Oh, well, if you need to leave off, you know, as long as you tell the superintendent where you go and you can go and walk the dog. And I thought, you know, you can't in reality. You can't in reality. Was there a lot of ferrying dogs around in the back of pandas? And stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know what? He's talking out of his backside because it ain't going to work that easily. I'm not going to be able to just disappear for two hours to walk the dog. But I'll give it a, I was prepared to give it a go. And actually, I managed to work it out. Wow. Um, with my husband's help, but I managed to work it out. So... And then it brings us to present day. Did a board, was successful in that. Yeah. And then that's where I finished. Fantastic. Brilliant. So, uh, what I a think, career. Oh, that's marvellous. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Especially going, you know, having to leave and then coming back when the things had changed. Well, of course, one of the biggest changes, which we didn't mention, was pace. Yeah. So when you joined the first time, there was no place. Judges, judges rules. Judges yeah. rules. Yeah, so yeah. the police and criminal evidence. Well, the number of times the, thing, the number yeah. of times people got the old caution were a numerous thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was a caution, wasn't it? Yeah. It sounded something <laughs> like yeah. I said something along those yeah. lines. Well, it 
was you're not obliged to say anything, wasn't it? The old caution. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Mm. So. You never seem to suffer from. I mean, some suffer falls. Some some sort of temporary inspectors or temporary chief inspectors always seem to be very anal about every tiny little detail and to make sure every possible permutation of every possible scenario was covered. Well, they covering, aren't they? So staff would be running around like a headless chicken so that nothing could possibly go wrong. But you, you never seem to suffer from that. No, I think, I mean, my mantra was make a decision, make it out and move on. Yeah, you're always very good I at making a decision. I can't stand meetings. I can't stand meetings where you just chew the cud for two hours and don't achieve anything. Mm. They used to drive me insane. There's a lot of managers in our, in, I say our organisation because we've all been yeah. there. Um, there's a lot of managers in Nottingham Police, senior managers above Chief Inspector, who can have meeting after meeting after meeting and achieve the square root of naff all, but just sit and talk about it for hours. Just talk words. Mm. I mean, I said to one manager higher than me, who shall remain nameless, in a meeting, I said, I'm ever so sorry. I don't know if I'm the only one here, but what you've just said is a load of words and try as I may, I can't make them make any sense. Really? Did that go down well? No. <laughs> Do you think your face would have fit for higher rank? Do you think that, that they would have thought she doesn't, she's not corporate enough for us to be I a think chief I'd super? Got, I think if I'd got enough time left, I could have possibly made superintendent. I don't think I'd have gone any higher than that. And is there a point then that comes beyond Chief Inspector where the senior managers are given a lobotomy? I don't... <laughs> because to me... It becomes very political, doesn't it? it? Well, it, well, at which point then, at Chief Inspector level and above, does it, do you start to become more of a politician and less of a police officer? I think probably, I think Chief Inspector is the last rank. I mean, I always said I never ever wanted to be a Chief Inspector unless I could be a superintendent. No. So Chief Inspector, you're pretty much the superintendent's bitch. Okay. And that was proven to be true. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. No disrespect to the superintendents I worked for, because they were good people. Mm -hmm. But you, the, the role you have and the type of work you do, you are the superintendent's bitch. So okay. what sort of pressures were you under on a routine, daily or weekly basis in that nature? Performance was obviously one. Um, so when you say performance, performance. Is, is that that we're getting to jobs on time, we've got yes. enough staff, we're yes. detecting, yes. we're recording... Not the detection bit, because that would be the the detective chief inspector's area. Okay. Yes, I would get the grief from them to make sure um, our guys on response were doing what they should do, but they got more the grief about that mm. directly, okay. and then yeah. they would pass it to me. But certainly um, response times, um, the numbers of cops and that sort of thing, that sort of pressure all mm. the time. And you get it both ways, of course. Yeah. You get it down and you get it up. Mm. Because you get the, the cops moaning there isn't enough of them, the sergeants moaning there isn't enough of them, the inspectors moaning there isn't enough of them, and then you get it coming down the other way. You need to start losing staff to this department, that department. Mm. So you were like, it was like a bit of a... Mm. And of course staffing went from, was it minimum staffing to... Critical. Cr critical. Critical. It was there a preferred yeah. in there somewhere, wasn't it? Preferred staffing. Yeah. yeah. And it always inexorably went down, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then obviously it's trying to keep, trying to keep people happy. 
because you want them. I mean, I know you've done the lame, lame and lazy. Sick lame and lazy. Sick lame and lazy. There was juggling that as well. You know, getting people back into the workplace. Yeah, which we had a conversation about, didn't we? That, yeah. That some supervisors were a bit more robust in their approach yeah. to, to tackling yeah. that and driving that down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, um, I mean, myself and the, the chief inspector who was working in the city at the time, we got our long-term sit down to nothing. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. Long-term sit. And did you feel that if you ever had to challenge any person of any rank that you was in your sort of supervisory um, umbrella, if you like, that you would get the support from the organisation if you thought that needs taking further? Or did you just think, I'm going to take it further, I'm not bothered what the gaffers above me think? What do, what do you mean by that? Well, so say, for example, you are dealing with somebody who is constantly sick and they're constantly lazy and the only way to deal with it is through other measures other than, yeah. you know, do you think, well, I'm going to deal with that person in this way? So the the, the you deal with the sergeant, say to deal with their working ethics, that's not working, you know, you've got your, um, what's it called, the PDR reviews, what are they yeah. called? Uh, Come I can't on. remember that. Yeah. We always avoided those. When is it? Oh, written... Written improvement notices. Oh, uh, right, yeah. yeah. Written yeah. Improve- if you thought you need to take it down an avenue where actually we need to get rid of this person, yeah. and you made that decision, yeah. would you get, do you feel that you would have got the support from the organisation Certainly from the superintendents, without a doubt. Um, HR was sometimes a little bit wishy-washy to work with. Mm. And obviously when, you, when you're doing that sort of work, you have to engage with HR. Yeah. Um, they, were, they could be a bit hard going sometimes. Some were better than others in there to deal with. Um, but it was, it was very, very difficult to convince them that we need, we need to go down this mm. route. And do you think people of your rank should be more robust in the way that they deal with the sick, lame and lazy? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think some people are swinging the lead? Undoubtedly. Okay. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Um, there are genuine cases. We always say this. It's about yeah. creating debate. We're not yeah. picking on... We you know, what the, ge- you know we who never, the genuine never, cases are? Yeah, absolutely. Of course yeah. we do, yeah. You know who the genuine cases are? And if there's a genuine case, I'll support them until the cows come home. And they know, they know that I would. Um, it, it is the the lame and lazy mm. who I used to want to get into the ribs of. Yeah. yeah. Clearly it works if you've got it down to zero. Well, yeah. the thing is, it's not all about them, is it? Who's doing their work when they're not Precisely, there? Precisely, yeah. And that's why the Federation sometimes annoy me. They support these people in the knowledge that they are swinging it, but they're actually representing the people who are at work as well. Mm. And I used to have these conversations... You know, you've got to be very careful because you've, you've got people who are under stress and working very, very hard and working, doing more than they need to do because this person ain't at work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where, doing where do your loyalties lie? Mm. And I used to say to, when I had meetings with such people, I'm paying you a lot of money to sit on your arse at home mm. and it ain't happening. You know, let's... I don't want to know what you can't do. Let's have a discussion about what you can do. Yeah, good. And then I can look at what you can do in the organisation to come to work. And if you can't actually get in a response car and go out and do response, you can do something to help the people that can do that. Yeah. Everybody can do something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen over the years, in perhaps in more recent years, the 
a change in the type of person or the work ethic of the recruits coming through? Has there been any perceivable change in whether people want to work or get their hands dirty or...? It's... I would say yes. Um, you see, the, the thing that worries me at the moment is they've got this... Um, this drive towards academia mm -hmm. in the force. The degree entrant, the degree once you get in, working towards your police degree. Um, some of the best cops I ever knew, worked with and who worked for me latterly, were ex-squaddies. Now on paper, they probably can't sling a sentence together. But actually going out there and talking to people and doing the job on the front line, they were second to none, those people. Now, A, are they going to be successful in their application in the first place because of their lack of academia? B, are they going to be frightened away from even considering it as a career because of the academia once you're in? And it, that's what worries me. We talk about diversity. We're actually, by the way we're recruiting now and the way where the job's going once you're in, like your, your degree in policing, we're actually um, excluding a group of people who, in my experience, make some of the best cops I've ever worked with and seen operationally. That's a good point. I've never really point. thought never of it like that. Me neither. Good so point. you're banging on about diversity in one breath and how we've got to be representative of society, blah de blah de blah and yet there's a group of people there, and no doubt other groups as well, yeah. um, who, because of the academia, both in the application process and subsequently once you're in, are excluded. Should we have a different recruitment process for those frontline officers that are going to be, say, on response and neighbours, and, and for officers that are destined to be more investigative? Or, or in managerial roles, are we trying to well, we create something that's, that, that one person can't possibly progress We had the degree entrance scheme from a long time back, didn't we, Where for the people who are destined to be managers. I've got a problem with that. Um, I'm not academic myself. To actually get through exams and interviews, my God, that is the hardest thing ever. Um, I did it, but it wasn't easy. I mean, I'm not academic at all. Um, I think I prefer that anybody who's going anywhere should should start as a response cop. Um, even if you're going to be an investigator on CID, I think you should start as a response cop. Uh, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Mm. Any specialist departments, I think you should have that grounding mm. on response. Um, but I haven't got a problem with the degree entrance scheme, which was running, I don't know when it started, it was certainly running in 91 when I came back. I mean, not that it ever bothered me, but I was aware it was happening um, for people who want to be managers. But they still had to do the two years mm. of response. Mm, yeah. um, I think, I personally feel that a lot of the respect that was afforded to, towards me was because people knew I'd been there and done it mm. at every level. I've been there, I've done it, I've got my hands dirty uh, uh, every round. You were never asking them to do something no. that you hadn't already no. done yourself exactly. a thousand times. And I think, um, I think I respected other people who had done the same. Because you knew what they were going uh, yeah. through, what they'd done. Yeah. yeah, but equally looking at my managers, I respected the ones more who, had, who I knew had been there and done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting. Mm. Um, 
So, you know, you can talk diversity, but I think we're in grave danger of excluding a, a real large number of society because of the way we recruit at the moment. Do you think that's going to have an impact on yeah. policing and our effectiveness on the streets? And... Yeah. Because, I mean, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about ex-squadders here. Um, there are other groups that you could probably apply to the same, but I'm, I'm saying ex-squadders because they're the ones that I've experienced the most. Um, when you hear them talk to people and hear some of the academics talk to people, it's a completely different... In fact, I worked with an academic at Broxtow. Um, in fact, he worked at Newark before he came to Broxtow. And he spoke very posh. A bit like yourself, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so articulateness. Articulateness, yeah. isn't it? And people at Broxtow used to get wound up and say to me, he's taking the piss out on us, he's taking the piss oh, out right, on us. right, as if he was putting the voice on for yeah. them. Yeah, and I said, no, he isn't, no, he isn't. That's how he is. He talks like that, talk to me, just talk to me then. <laughs> yeah. He never swore, well, they're, they're pretty, you know, again, <clears throat> he's, he's talked to call everybody sir. They think you're taking the piss yeah. out yeah, of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're effing blind with them, they mm. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they respond to you. And again, it's all about... Playing to your audience. Well, that was one of the big things about the communication model that they had, wasn't it? Was being able to adapt your style, yeah. communication style, to, to suit yeah. the needs of your audience. And yeah. there's a time and place for it all, isn't yeah. there? But if you're out on the streets, you've got to, you've got to communicate yeah. at a level that they communicate and if at. You have to yeah. In those types of areas. I've, I've, I've effed yeah. I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah. I, mean, God, I don't think that bosses would ever fully rubber stamp the effing and blinding, would you? But that's the reality yeah. of that situation. Look, for and fuck's sake, control. get your stuff on. We'll get this yeah. sorted yeah. out now. You know, yeah. stop fucking. Get control of the situation. If you don't, sometimes use that the words that they're using. There's no impact for them. I mean, we went to a domestic once, and oh, come quick, come quick! He's smashing the garden up. Well, we got there, and he just chucked a few bits and bobs about. And he was busy tidying up at full volume, slamming everything down. Yeah. And he picked a ball up, one one of those dog ropes that you throw for the ball, the yeah. dog. Yeah. And he threw it at me. Oh. He, he would say he wasn't throwing it at me. Of course. So I picked it back up and threw it full tilt at him and got him straight between the meat and two veg. Wow, good shot. Good shot. shot. Yeah. <laughs> Accompanied by the term, don't you effing throw that at me. Well, that instantly took control of that situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could get a level which he would understand. Yeah, because yeah. that's what they, how they yeah. communicate. Yeah. yeah. It's no good standing yeah. there going, uh, excuse me, old boy, yeah. do you yeah. mind uh, And yet, if you did that, that at training school, can you imagine? Can you just imagine? I don't think that's, that is a, a normal use of force <laughs> kind of procedure, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, not, it's not the right... Were you aiming for that particular area? Was no, it a good wasn't. shot? I, I wanted to hit him with it because he, he hit me with it, but... <laughs> Good shot. Yeah. yeah. But it was a cracking shot and yeah, instantly. Did he howl a bit? But took, it, he did a few more F's and blinds. Did he? Oh, but, but it instantly took control of that situation. Yeah. He knew I wasn't there to mess about. Mm. Yeah. But can you imagine if that was a role play at training school and he had done that? Oh my yeah, God. That would have been worse than Roger the Rent Boy Lodger. <laughs> it would be. It would have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Using the F word, throwing yeah. things at people. Yeah, there'd be all, you'd imagine all the, uh, all the instructors would be sat there frowning, wouldn't they? Yeah. We'd have to have a little chat with you afterwards, yeah. Wendy. This is no good. Yeah, but it, you know what? It worked. It worked. Absolutely. And that, that worked all the time was at Brockstone. Mm. Now, your squaddy would do that. Yeah. Your academic, I'm not so sure, would do mm. it. They'd be like horrified, wouldn't they? Mm. 
If you had your uh, time over again, and you went back to those heady days of when you were wearing that cadet's uniform, what would you have done differently? Anything? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely nothing. It's nice to leave with that feeling, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I love my job right until the very last day. Yeah. The last three months, I have to say, were kicking about a bit because there was a restructure. I was due to retire in June. There was a restructure in April. Um, and quite rightly, it was pointless giving me a new role. So I was just um, <laughs> just kicking about for the last three months, um, doing a bit of project work in inverted commas here and there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those last three months were kicking about a bit, but it probably helped me come down a bit rather than sprinting to the finish line and then, you know, nothing. Okay. So, so handing all your kit in, one yeah, card back, yeah. how, how long did it take you to adjust into, uh, and have you fully adjusted? I think I have, yeah. Um, I'm sorry to say I've not missed it one little bit. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, yeah. that's good for you. Yeah. My memories are marvelous. I loved every bit of it. Um, but I have to say, and my only piece of advice to anybody retiring would be put something in place as a focus, as a goal, not necessarily another job, but just something in place to fill that void. My job was, I say, not particularly the last three months, but up to then, was 24 7 365. Phone would be ringing at 12 o'clock at night. Because yeah. um, I, I said to the people who I managed, if you've got a problem or if you drop a ball cock, ring me. We'll sort it out. I don't want to come into a shitstorm at 8 o'clock the next morning where somebody else just tried to sort it out. Yeah. Yeah. Ring me. Say my phone would ring at midnight and there'd be a problem and I'd help sort it out and put plaster on it till I could get to it the next morning. So my job was 365, 24-7. And I loved it. And I thought I would so miss it. And that's why I needed to put something in that void. Um, so I didn't miss it. And I don't know whether I'm sorry to say or whether I'm glad to say I haven't missed it at all. My memories are still there in that <laughs> box. Sounds like you've got some great memories. Yeah. yeah but, mm. Well, that sounds like the, the textbook way to... Yeah. Do end your career and move on and, yeah. have your and that would be my only piece of advice to anybody retiring is put something in, in place mm. to cover that void yeah. because if you don't you run the risk of just drifting into daytime television and Jeremy Kyle and becoming very well we haven't got Jeremy Kyle anymore have we no. so it's a good job I did because yeah. I would watch Jeremy Kyle yeah. um, you'd probably end up down the yard <laughs> 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 the good old yard Okay, so if you could um, sum up policing or your policing career in maybe yeah. one word, what would you use? Um, fabulous. Fabulous. Wow, that's great. And I think this podcast, has, this episode has been fabulous. I've enjoyed every moment of it's been it. been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming along. And yeah, thank you for coming over to see us. It's been absolutely brilliant to have you, Wendy. Okay. Fabulous. And while you're here, we might try and get some more out of you. We could do, yeah. For another occasion. Absolutely. So, should we Foxtrot Oscar? Foxtrot Oscar.